Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars related to game design and publishing. These panels have been made possible thanks to Double Exposure and their game design convention Metatopia at Metatopia Online 2020. These panels have also been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers and moderators at this event. Now, let's get to it. Episode 306, Art Direction, A Case Study. Presented by Jason Morningstar, Jabari Weathers, and Brennan Reese. Hi, uh, you've joined us at Art Direction from designer to director to artist. Uh, this is a panel about art direction, kind of. Uh, my name is Jason Morningstar. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. Uh, I was sort of the uh, creative client on this the project that we're going to use as an example. Uh, and you can find me at Bully Pulpit Games, which is my company, uh, bullypulpitgames.com. And I'm very fortunate to have with me the two collaborators on this particular example project, um, Jabari Weathers and Brennan Reese. So uh, Jabari, could you uh, introduce yourself? Absolutely. Uh, so hey, uh, as Jason said, I'm Jabari Weathers, uh, they, them pronouns. Uh, I'm an illustrator based in Baltimore, Maryland. I also dabble in game designer and game, uh, as a game designer and games writer. Um, and I'm excited to talk about what we're going to get into today. You can find other examples of my work at goblinprincet.com uh, and follow me on the same handle, um, goblinprincet on Twitter. Uh, Princet is P-R-I-N-C-E-T-E. <laughs> so, yeah. And Brennan. And I, I'm Brennan Reese. Uh, pronouns are he, him. I am the uh, art director and graphic designer over at Bully Pulp Games. Uh, I also do some illustration. Um, you can find my work at brennanreese.com or on Instagram at, at brennanreese. Um, I, I guess I guess that's pretty much it. Um, back to you, Jason. Yeah, well, so first of all, I love you both. I love what you do. I'm so excited that we all got to work together on this project. Uh, and I think that it's turned out great. Uh, let me just explain the project so that people understand sort of the parameters of what we're talking about. I think this is broadly applicable in a lot of different ways, but um, I think knowing kind of the project will be helpful. So this is a game that's in process. It's essentially designed. We have prototypes, but it hasn't been published yet. It's called Dead House, and it is a, a sort of role-playing card game that I designed. Uh, it uses a deck of cards uh, to tell the story about the winter of 1888. In a, in a little town called Neola, Kansas. Uh, and it's a, a very dark game, sort of survival horror, I guess, would be one way to look at it. But it's also rooted in place uh, uh, in a really fun and interesting way. Uh, so it's a game that's, uh, it's a role-playing game. Uh, it's card-based. Uh, and those are two things that uh, uh, create a set of affordances that uh, are that influence everything that we did. Um, and the the... So uh, that's the game, Dead House, that we're talking about. And um, when, uh, when I conceived of this game, I realized that uh, I would need uh, the help of a professional to uh, set the parameters for what we needed for art, right? And Brennan was the perfect person to do that. So Brennan came on as the art director of this project, helped create uh, an art brief for what we wanted. And uh, then we went out and looked at a number of different people who might be able to meet the brief in a way that we liked. And it's a weirdly specific brief, and I want to talk about that too. But uh, Jabari clearly was the one that we wanted to work with on this. Um, both from a, a stylistic point of view and a professional point of view. We had met and there was, I think Jabari, there's a lot of, oh yeah, we really, we'd, I'd like to work with you at some point in the future. For, for a couple of years, we kind of did a little dance until Last we found the right project. Oh, but this was it. This was the, the first project where those pieces kind of fell in place. So that's Dead House. That's kind of how we came together. Uh, and, uh, I think maybe the thing to do is to, uh, we can look at the brief that we created. We can talk about how that turned into like uh, a piece of work. And then we can actually look at the work in progress. Um, does that sound like a good plan to the two of you? Are there I'm other things that we should? Yeah, sure. 
that we should cover before that? No, I, okay. I think that's a good good way to do it. All right, so we're going to go to a four panel layout, one of which is going to be my screen shared. And uh, I'm going to get a thumbs up that that's happened. Looks good. So uh, what we're seeing on the screen here is uh, a Google Doc that Brennan and I put together that is the brief that uh, we worked up and then presented to Jabari. So um, I'm going to go th through this kind of briefly and then just to give an overview of what this is. And then maybe we can go back and uh, Brennan, and I'd love for you to talk about why some of these things are the way they are. Sure. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about um, in this brief, the number of pieces, uh, uh, we're talking about uh, the dimensions of those pieces. We're talking about the resolution that we need, um, what we handle and what the artist will handle. Um, and then some examples of what it might end up looking like. Um, it ended up looking like none of these things, but the, the idea was hopefully to give the artist an idea of what we're looking for. Um, uh, some more detailed, uh, this is essentially restating visually what the actual pieces are gonna look like. Um, and then again, just some, some more mock-ups that I put together, just sort of my idea of what it might be like, um, understanding that it was, it was going to change both in art direction and in the final art. Um, we provided a PDF of those dimensions if, if, uh, if necessary, uh, a big folder full of reference photos and illustrations. And I'm very anxious to talk to you about that Jabari to see if that was useful to you. <laughs> and then, and then it gets into like, this is the, the designer the game designer piece of it. I had some very specific ideas about how I wanted this to look. Um, and uh, I give some suggestions, right? Uh, of what I think it might be like and things that are deal breakers for me. So like for me, a deal breaker is it has to look period appropriate and it can't look like game art. Mm -hmm. And I know that uh, Brennan, you've, you're with me on that one. I, uh, I, I am on a, a, a decade long campaign to make game art that does not look like game art. And, that was and, actually and, a big hook for me too. I'm, I'm so glad. <laughs> Honestly, like I mean, that was a hook in the mouth. I kind of knew. I kind of knew, right? Yeah. Uh, so again, here's some examples of things that I was excited about. This sort of uh, dark, saturated, pen and ink kind of look. Um, and uh, there are a variety of ways to go with that, that but none of them look like a game art. And that's the, the point there. Um, and then some specifics about the uh, individual pieces that are necessary for the game. There are images of people, there are images of locations, and there are some game icons. Um, and for each of the people, they get uh, a, basically a log line. This guy should be dressed maybe like a cowboy. He's handsome, he's lazy. He should be an African-American man. Uh, this person's a, a sullen teenager, right? That's really all that was, that was given there. And uh, hopefully this, uh, this gives you a sense of the trust that I was placing both in the direction and the execution of the art. Uh, because you're not given a bunch of information and uh, hopefully it, this combined with the game text is enough to really uh, make it sing. And, and you know, it was. Uh, so descriptions of the buildings, right? This is a, you know, it, it's a, it's a barn, it's a, but it's a very, you know, squared away barn, et cetera. And that's it, right? This is five pages of material um, that is intended to give the artist what they need. So Brennan, can we talk talk about this? Because I know we went back and forth and you had some very yeah. strong opinions about uh, individual pieces of this. So mm -hmm. let's talk about that. Uh, do, do we want to just kind of go through the brief uh, line by line and, and hit on the appropriate topics as we... So uh, let's, let, let's do it. Uh, let's do it quickly. Okay. Um, let's um, uh, let's <clears throat> turn more to right. pick to pick your most important point. Yeah. Yeah. So so a few things um, in in terms of just the technical aspects is uh, most of the time when you work with illustrators, they will deliver the the final file at three hundred DPI. Um, I prefer to work at four fifty DPI or even six hundred DPI because there might be a part of that art that we can reuse at a, we can we can zoom in, we can crop things. I like to be able to move around. Um, and not everyone is as skilled as Jabari. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I, I might have to like recrop something or recompose something. Um, so I, I like having that freedom. Uh, you, you can always shrink it down, but if you go larger, you end up having something really ugly and pixelated. So just in terms of, of technique, um, always create much larger 
uh, than your final output. Um, that's something the old comic book and commercial illustrators would do. They would always uh, design it at two to four times the size, do their ink drawings. Uh, they're they're not really working that tight at the actual size. It's much looser when you see the, the working piece. Um, another thing uh, that uh, Jason, uh, we, we put together is, uh, and this was, a lesson we learned several times over and over is <laughs> you should always work on um, building the typography into the layout and having safe area um, because a lot of times um, people will put an illustrator will put something that's important right next to the edge of, of the illustration and it might get cut off or they'll design this incredible, incredible piece of art and there's nowhere to put the actual text, which is probably the most important part. So actually uh, composing the image with the text in mind is it, I mean, it is, it, the illustration is, as well as being a, a piece of art, it's mainly an element in the design. Um, so the, the, the illustration and the typography work together. And if you don't create the illustration with the typography in mind, it creates problems and, uh, um, I, I've gotten the opportunity to design several beautiful book covers that um, were going to look different just because the original artwork uh, was not created with actually putting the book title on it. So um, th those are those are the kind of technical art direction things. Um, Jason, Jabari, any comments? Let me hop over to the actual art and we'll show that that progression uh, and we'll come back to this as well mm -hmm. when we talk about sort of the process from pencils to final product but just yeah. to give you an idea of um how uh these notes became very important like we, we very specifically in the in the brief said make sure there's room for text and what you see uh, so we're looking at um an initial pencil of one of these landscape pieces of a building uh, this is the final piece. And you can see that we've got room to work with this. Uh, and so what this ends up being, uh, this ends up being uh, put into a, uh, a card layout with uh, plenty of room on the bottom here to add text uh, to explain what this is. Uh, so, uh, and uh, let's, we can look at another one, same, same deal. Here's the pencil, uh, here's uh, ink, and then the final piece. Uh, we lose no uh, detail, we lose no information in the piece after it's been formatted to include text because Jabari knew because we told them that that's how it had to be. Mm -hmm. Velma was also kind of our trial run too. Um, I, I knew that there was going to be text. Uh, I saw the earlier layout, like kind of prototypes uh, that were included in the art brief, but like I didn't know if the text was going to end up being above or below or like off to the side or, so like those smaller details were things that we were kind of designing around and you can see uh, Velma is kind of like positioned at about like halfway height here, whereas the others uh, kind of got scooted up a little bit more to like two thirds of an eye level in yeah, terms so of like, where the most interesting parts of their face were. Right. So here's Henry Hetzel, um, which was uh, later in the process and uh, was easier to fit because of that. Um, which is, I think, that's a good segue into think talking about. Um, what a kind of what what the workflow process here was. So, do you want to talk about that, Jabari? Yeah. Um, where to start? So, yeah. there were a lot of interesting things going on in terms of like going into uh, working on this project um, because kind of chasing this like woodcut look for Dead House in the first place, I was like, yes, like I, I totally want to do this. I want to do something that feels like really evocative uh, and quietly morbid. There is kind of a subtlety to what uh, you both were asking me for in the brief uh, that I, I don't get folded into a lot of um, other games art uh, prompts um, that I have. And so, so kind of being on the similar page of like, we want to make something visually challenging in that way um, and kind of eye-opening uh, was really exciting for me. Uh, the process, uh, we actually, so as I said, like Velma was kind of our trial run for a lot of different things in terms of like what process I would use, like how we were treating layout and like where more or less um, the portraits would at least have to, to land. Um, 
she she was also where I was like figuring out a lot of like my mark making and how I would go about this. I've never done a woodcut. Um, <laughs> I've wanted to for a while, but like while while I'm a fan of a lot of like German expressionist woodcuts and like think about the kind of mark making that you see there, uh, I translate that into like working in a pen and quill and ink or like a brush. Um, so that was the best approximation that I had to like kind of fake a lot of that same feeling. And you can tell that it looks um, like it doesn't look like how a woodcut actually usually looks like the kind of decisions that are made and just um, how a block of wood would force a printmaker uh, to make marks uh, is different from a lot of my decision making. But um, a lot of the ways that I'm treating shapes and like turning uh, the faces into different planes and adding these hatch marks uh, were the things that I kind of let inform my visual decision making here. Um, and, and it's a, I think it's important to note too that like this was uh, um, we, we had a constrained budget and needed to uh, set this up in a way that that was equitable for you mm-hmm. as well as was going to get us something that we wanted. And part of that balance is that we uh, we sort of gave you um, uh, you know permission to define the style yeah. uh, and that and that there wasn't going to be a ton of revision once we understood the <clears throat> process and were comfortable with your work right. um and and uh, that's unusual for us nor we're a little more uh hands-on with um you know multiple versions and iterations of the of the pieces uh, mm-hmm. but we had confidence in you and that was a compromise that made everything work better i think ultimately so I just, and, and i think that's that I'm, I'm sorry. I think that's something that that Bully Pulpit's really been pushing for too. Is is um, we choose our artists based on the fact that we like those artists, and we're not trying to choose a, a generic illustrator who can do what we want them to do in any style. We're we're choosing someone because we're a fan of the work and we think they're awesome, and we want to see what they can bring to the table. And so, in a lot of ways, totally. from an art direction point of view, it's it's. Um, you know, Jason's doing doing the the game design, and I'm doing the art direction and the graphic design. Um, and we've already chosen the artist because we know whatever they're going to do is going to be awesome. We're not, you know, it's 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 not like we're coaching them and holding their hand every step of the way. We don't want to micromanage. We want it to be an, an opportunity for us to showcase incredible art in our games. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true, and uh, that's been very successful for us. Uh, and uh, it's it's really nice to when you have confidence in an artist to be surprised by how they interpret your work. Uh, that's a pleasure for me. I really really enjoyed that. Uh, and, and in I, this case, uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead, jump in. And 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 people people too tend to do their best work when they're given the freedom to do the work they want to do. <laughs> that Did was you? definitely something that was refreshing about working on this like i i did feel trusted in the process even like the way that um the check-ins work uh that we had like basically uh after velma was completed from start to finish and like we were kind of on the same page of how he's going to be finishing all of the art uh i penciled everything else at the same time the other 25 cards uh sent them to jason uh so that both of you could like look over and like say like these are working uh we had and then, like, we had some discussion about like which way to pull certain things. I think some of the images were a little bit um, confusing at that point. <laughs> like, there is a balance of like, does this need to be clarified, or like, is is this something that you're just going to trust me on? Uh, I think hell, in particular, at its pencil stage, was one of one of the most ambiguous. Um, yes. Yeah. I, well, I remember um, all of the iconic ones. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if this is <laughs> if this is right. And you were like, No, trust me, it's good. And I, I was like, I trust you. It'll be good. And it totally is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it was useful to still like hear those misgivings because like that got folded into like how I was finishing them. I was like, Okay, these details are not singing the way that I want. I think that this composition works and is generally spooky and uh, and kind of upsetting in the way that I want, but um, but there are things that need to be fine-tuned. So it was still good to, to hear those points of feedback uh, moving yeah. into finalizing them. And you took a, a, a wonderful approach. So the, um, 
the card that I have on the screen right now is the image for fall or autumn, and it, it uh, time passes. So there's a fall card, a winter card, um, and then a hell card because the winter doesn't stop. In 1888, the winter just kept going. And uh, uh, so you're looking at a window and things aren't right, uh, but the, the details are, are subtle enough that you really have to take a moment to take it in before you realize how messed up things really are, which turned out to be a really great choice. Um, so you see there's permanence, but there's also change and that change is very bad, yeah. which is exactly right. So um, that was not really me, you know, it was, uh, it was you bringing it. And I really appreciate that. It's, it was also one of the other, two of the other things about the process here. Um, one, I actually really appreciated how um, how open the briefs were in in a lot of ways, or like how succinct I should say the briefs were, because it allowed me to like really project onto it and kind of solve them. Uh, sometimes a lot of what I will run into uh, when I'm getting art direction from from clients, and it makes sense, uh, it has its merits to handle this way, um, is I get a lot of. Uh, art direction that starts to feel like stage direction and like really particular to the point where it encroaches on like how I'm supposed to compose a certain story. And and I'm like, okay, this is a lot of information to pack into this to the point where it's actually muddling the story that I think this image is supposed to tell. Um, and here I could really hone in on like, how do I make this character feel this way? Or how do I make this place feel um, similarly to the brief that I'm getting? Um, the the other thing that I was kind of struck by is like this isn't a style that I typically work in, um, and and it was a I, I think the closest analog in my portfolio to this was the Tarot of Servants work for Bluebeard's Bride, and that was more in kind of the attitude, like <laughs> in some ways, like the shape language and like the mark making here is. Like much louder than Bluebeard's Bride, it's much more pronounced because I'm trying to emulate that woodcut look. But the elements of unease and horror and distress um, are are like turned down, or or those those uneasy aspects are are were brought to ground a little bit more. It's less of a fantastical approach, so leaning into that that challenge of trying to like find find that balance was really exciting I would, but at the same time so so I, I really stress in the brief that i want this to be um it doesn't have to be realistic but it has to be grounded but at yeah. the same time like i look at the piece that's on the screen right now henry hetzel and like look at his knuckles right they they just mm -hmm. communicate anxiety yeah. in a way that uh is just gorgeous and that i absolutely adore so so um yeah, it was a it was a great fit, and I, I'm glad you were drawn to the project because you I think you really internalized what we were after and and delivered it in a very in a very uh, uh, satisfying way. This is just my brain space all the time, so it's cool <laughs> like, <laughs> trying awesome. to trying to externalize that in as clear a way as possible, but also in this this way that I hadn't been asked to before was very fulfilling. That is super great. Hey, let's see if we have any questions. Just uh, sort of midway. Uh, are there questions in the chat? If not, we'll just continue. At the moment, there are no questions. Okay. But uh, this is a good time to ask the audience uh, vocally as well as in typing to uh, start thinking of some questions. Yep, that is great. So if you're if you're curious about uh, anything related to the process or the roles that we play in a project like this. Uh, feel free to ask us some questions. We'll reserve time at the end to answer them uh, as best we can. And then we'll all be hanging around here and there and we can answer questions later too. So, uh, um, so uh, Brennan, what, what, is a, what does an art director do? Oh, um, well, an art director uh, makes sure that the illustrations uh, go into the game, and they <laughs> they end up serving serving the purpose. I mean, I mean, there, there's a lot to that. I mean, you you know, you're you're uh, trying to establish the look. You're trying to to pick the artist. You're trying to make sure that everything comes in on schedule and under budget, ideally. Um, you know, you're you're doing a lot of communication. Um, uh, 
not so much with Jason, but sometimes you're, uh, there might be some conflicts, uh, there might be some vision issues. Um, but uh, the, the fun part of art direction for me is going through and trying to find something that I feel evokes the, the flavor of the game and uh, doing a lot of research and, you know, looking at, uh, like Jason mentioned before, it, you know, it has to, to fit the historical period. It has to kind of, of fit that, that, that atmosphere, that ambiance. Um, and I go through and, and just look at tons and tons and tons of art and try to find something. And then I try to find an artist uh, who I feel can bring that, that same kind of uh, energy, that same kind of feeling to the illustration and, and give it something fresh, something that's, that's of themselves, uh, something original. Um, one of the things that, you know, I, I, I really love about Jabari's work is that, you know, in particular that, that's, you know, there's, there's definitely some tradition. There's, there's definitely, you know, some influences, but it's Jabari's work. Uh, you know, it's, and this is something that with, uh, you know, all of the artists that, that we work with, with Bully Pulpit, um, they're not, they're not copying anyone. They're not, you know, they're not, uh, they're not a, a, a second rate Mike Mignola. You know, they're, they're not, um, you know, they're, they're not trying to be Mobius. They're not trying to be Frank Frazetta. They're trying, they have their own vision. And um, that's, it's very important to me as an artist that um, when I work with other artists as an art director that we choose people who can bring something that uh no one else is doing um and you know the bully pulpit games uh you know jason's work is very original there's there's nothing else out there in terms of of the games um you know no one no one writes games like jason uh for better or for worse and, uh, and, um, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're beautiful, original things. They're, they're art and, you know, they deserve, uh, art that honors that, you know, so we need something that's original, something that is, uh, sometimes shocking, um, you know, not something that's just watered down copies of something that everyone else is doing. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very happy with, uh, how this project turned out, um, so let me ask you, uh, and uh, I'm going to ask you these similar questions to Bart Javari, so prepare yourself mentally. So um, you mentioned that, uh, Brennan, that you and I are pretty simpatico. We yeah. get along pretty well and have pretty similar visions for what uh, these products should end up being like. How do you handle, a, a, as an art director, a client who maybe is is misguided or disagrees with you? And um, what are the, the aspects of a good client that you want to see? Um, How can a client help you be a better art director? Well, you know, um, so so this is I, I'm grouchy, um, and and I you know <laughs> with with you I don't have to worry about this because because we do we we have our our visions are pretty much on the same level and we communicate well. Um, if if I'm working as an art director as an artist uh, for for another client, um, it's. <sighs> this is this is maybe not not the the friendliest way to go about it but i'll i'll you know tell them you know you guys you guys hired me because you like my work you know you didn't hire me to do what you said how you did it i'm not here to operate a software i'm not here to push pix uh, push pixels i'm here because you saw something in my work that you loved and you respected and you wanted me to bring that so the best way that I can work for someone else, for another client, is I can say, you know, get out of my way and let me do my job. You know, give me input. Um, but I'm not just going to listen to somebody and say, as you know, I'm not going to just say yes to everything. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on things, and I think it's very important for artists and designers and writers to not think of themselves so much as uh, hired guns who are just going to do whatever, but it's, you know, it's important, you know, as an artist, as an art director, as a writer, you're being hired because you're the expert. And, uh, you know, once you put something out there, your name's on it, if it's not up to par for your own standards, then you're kind of watering down your, your own brand, you're lowering the bar for yourself. And, you know, for me, that's unacceptable. 
Um, so yeah, when I when I'm working with another client and this and it, you know it's it's always well it's almost always worked out well. Um, but I've had to have that you know you know sit down come to Jesus moment where I say, look, you know you want this you want this. Let me do my job. I'll give you something beautiful. I'll, I'll give you something as good as anything I've ever done, but just, you know, get out of my way and let me do what you like me for. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jabari. So the same question uh, related to the client, uh, in mm. this case, probably maybe filtered through the art director, maybe not. Uh, but, uh, interactions, what, what are the things that make a, a client that you just love to work with? <sighs> um, yeah, I, th I think what Brennan speaks to is, uh, trust in why, a client is hiring you or why an art director is reached out to you and is hiring you, um, that they, they are reaching out to you for your perspective. Um, I'm still, I still, as, as someone who's in the first decade of my career still, like I, I feel this precariousness often of like, I want to advocate for my own voice, but I also don't want to push away, um, new, new professional ties um and established ones by by essentially like being too combative um but at the same time i i think that it's really important to recognize uh where your voice fits so when when someone has hired me and it's clear to me that they they kind of understand how i think even more so than than like what kind of marks i make on a page um and like why that conversation is going to go well um that is that is what's exciting to me um i i really do struggle with um art direction that like kind of dictates staging um because i i find that most constraining um can you define I, what you mean by staging so like when on occasion like sometimes it really makes sense when when like a camera angle is like kind of delineated uh, but I'd rather like have the scene of something like a group of adventurers looks down a waterfall at like a large dragon rather than like we look up from the dragon's perspective at three like right um adventurers and like okay you've already picked out this this image rather than leaving it to me to tell the story that you've like laid out and it seems like a subtle difference but it's actually like a really heavy weight um when when I get art direction or I get clients because I usually am actually working directly with clients in the indie space. Um, when I get art direction that leaves the way a story is told to me uh, up to me more so, and then like lets that become an ongoing conversation after like, the sketches are fulfilled and such, uh, that feels really fruitful and really healthy for me. <laughs> um, and even though that that requires a little bit more back and forth sometimes to kind of suss out both like what is working for me and what's honoring my perspective in the collaboration um i find that it's easier for me to make space for what a client is looking for as well even if what they're looking for it hasn't completely been articulated or um kind of gets discovered through the process of seeing what i'm doing with sketches that makes a lot of sense yeah so uh just to to sort of invert that a little bit as the client I don't know. I'm sure everybody's different, but for me, this whole process is uh, when it goes well. When you when you're making those decisions thoughtfully and successfully, um, it's such a joy because what I really want is is my vision realized in a way that surprises and delights me. Mm -hmm. uh, and if the art director if the art director does their job and the artist does their job, and if you let them do it, uh, then uh, you're you're very likely to get that result. Uh, for the reasons that you both just described. So like, I feel like a kid in a candy store when I'm in, in process with a, one of, with a, a, a job like this, and I see that there's uh, a new attachment in my email with a, you know, a sketch or a new piece or a finished piece of work, because I know I'm going to be uh, excited to see it. And even if it's not quite right, uh, it's not going to be what I thought it was, and we can kind of go from there. But it's a very fun process as the from the client point of view, uh, and maybe part of that is because I don't micromanage and I don't, and I, I recognize that that's a that's a bad habit that I I don't want to get into. Um, and in terms of working with art directors, 
I don't know, Brennan, it's been me and you for so long. I, I don't know that I have any real words of wisdom for what makes a good art director. I think you're great. Um, but but it's hard for me to to clarify that because we do we kind of think alike. Yeah, uh, we're both kind of rooted in certain aesthetics that we find deeply pleasant and that form a, a shorthand that that uh, just kind of works and it's communicated through our products. I think a lot. Well, you know, I, I think one of the things that makes your game so interesting is uh, that that you're always kind of immersing yourself in these periods and, and these situations and you're reading about them constantly and you're finding inspiration in all of these stories and and you know you're you're just you know you have this incredible imagination for game design and a lot of that comes from the things you consume as as a reader and um and I think the same thing is true of uh me as an artist and art director um it's you know i i'm i'm not only looking at you know what's in the latest uh, edition of the world's most popular role playing game and i'm not trying to copy that as an artist um and you know like i i'm always looking at uh typography from the entire history of the, you know the the written and printed word and and i'm looking at graphic design and i'm looking at photography and i'm looking at art and I'm not doing it as a professional thing. I'm doing it because I love looking at art, you know, I, and I find inspiration and I, I look at it. It's like, man, I, I, I really, I really like the way these two typefaces combine. And, and I'm, and it's, you know, maybe it's weird, but like, I get really excited about typefaces and I get really excited about, uh, you know, juxtapositions of textures and photographs and uh, color harmonies and, and learning new tricks and and uh you know so i think that a a good art director is someone who understands art uh someone who understands graphic design someone who understands how all the things fit together um and they have a context to place them in um when i've been working as an illustrator uh for other for clients who are serving an art director role um i didn't necessarily have they didn't necessarily have that context to work in so um you know it was it was more like i was i was kind of art directing myself and hoping they would like it and the process was was very um very cumbersome um but you know it, it's just that that you know passion about having the job really i i think you know like like being passionate as, you know, both a, a creator and a consumer of whatever it is that you do. Uh, Jabari, I imagine that, you know, you look at an awful lot of art and you have a lot of art that you love and you probably have, like like Jason and I, extremely strong opinions uh, about art and, <laughs> and <laughs> right. So, and, and I think, I think that's very important to, you know, to have things you're passionate about and things that you like very much and things that you don't like very much. And, uh, you know, to, to have that kind of, um, creative integrity and, uh, the historical basis to build it on and, um, you know, to, to know what's, what's popular and sometimes to not do something because it's popular. Yeah. Um, yeah, very true. In terms of the way that both of you immerse yourselves into understanding visual art um, and like deeply investigating that, I think that was actually one of the one of the things that made me want to work with you, Jason, and then later on you, Brennan, like very specifically because like whenever I look at posts online or some sometimes like I, I think I referred to this back at the beginning of the panel, like Jason, I heard you like making plans about like how, what you were looking for for other projects that I didn't work on, but just like asking me about like, do you know any artists that work this way um, on, on like a collection of portraits or such? And, but then like the way that you were talking about uh, what you needed was very, it was very specific and very astute in a way where I was like, I could think of artists who would sync up with us rather than just like, a, a list of what you didn't want <laughs> um sure. and and that speaks to like an excitement and um a consciousness of of how visual art works that that i think is a little bit unusual in terms of how i'm directed 
It sounds uh, like that's one of the things that we can agree is uh, an advantage for anybody in, in any of these three roles, which is to be broadly curious and to, to uh, be looking for sources of inspiration and discovery outside of games, right? Yeah, abs um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, hey, I put, I put up the picture of the hell card uh, uh, just as an uh, the example of that subtlety. <laughs> so uh, here's Autumn, right? And we see things are not right, but they're not terrible. Uh, and then um, we're moving to winter, which, it, and here you get this, uh, now there's a bird, right? Things are still a little weird. There's some creepy footprints, but like it's winter, you know, it's, it's cool. Everything's going to be fine. And then the hell card brings all that together in such a nice way. So that's just, I wanted to share that example of what we had, were talking about. Um, and I had originally been reluctant about the sequence and it turned out to be right on, like mm -hmm. perfect, perfect. I think, um, I think a lot of the early missteps even uh, in the pencils phase that I had uh, with this was just that like the ingredients weren't reading. So like when I, when I went to like talk with you about like, here's what I'm trying to convey. Uh, it seemed like what I was, what was going on in my head was making more sense than like where it was at the halfway point. Um, and, and so like there were certain things like uh, the silhouette of the bird, the dead bird uh, in the hell card uh, didn't quite read correctly. And it's still like a little, like for me, it's still like a little bit, <laughs> like it takes a second, but if you lean into it, you can kind of tell like what's going on there. Uh, and it, yeah. and it leads on previous that's... cards. Yeah, right. They're, 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 it's it's sort of sequential art in that way. Like that that bird is present in the autumn card as well. Yeah. Or there are, there are birds in the frame, and then uh, you know they're still there on the hell card, which is great. Uh, and but you do you have to take a moment, and and that that is an ambiguous and scary image, because I I don't know what's happening there. Why someone's walking in a circle? Like the whole thing is really spooky, and it's just perfect. Very very happy with it. Um, so, so uh, let, let's. Uh, I'm going to go back and see if there are questions. If there are any questions now, got a few. We do actually have a Great. question. Okay, uh, this is from Kevin Culp. Uh, how long did it take for Jabari to produce the art and for Brennan to declare it final from start to finish? It's a good question. I have no memory of that. But Brendan, do you have a recollection? Um, either of you? Well, you know, I, I, I can, I can tell you that when uh, Jabari's final pieces came in, um, they were, I mean, they're, they're beautiful. So, uh, I don't know. Was it, was it a, a, a couple of months or something? Uh, it was over two, two and a half month process. Okay. There were a few different factors happening outside. It was in the middle of a move at the beginning right. of the project. Uh, so. Yeah, so I think we fun. we had uh, budgeted in the contract for like two months, and it ended up being two and a half, mm -hmm. something like that. It, it, it's it's always good to be in the middle of a move when you're doing traditional media, yeah. right? So, and it's, <laughs> well, it's also always good to just be flexible about these things, right? Yeah. Like it, like if you can build cushion into your schedule, then mm -hmm. you should, uh, just because life is going to get in the way. Right, you, you need to be. Uh, you need to be tolerant of that. I think, yeah. at least I, I feel that way. I want that's what I want for myself. So I want that for others as well. So uh -huh. Jabari, what what is the um about the average time it took you uh to work on each piece on these cards? Uh, I would say it's a wildly varying range. So I was about to say like the total hourly uh gamut for everything from from pencils to final um was between 130 and 150 hours okay i think which is actually a little bit fast since it was across 26 pieces uh okay. but some of some of these were like oh this is like done in two hours like i had a really clear idea of where things were going others like i had a few different points where like i was redrawing the pencils and like not quite sold myself before i would even like push them forward to both of you um and the land like the uh, all of the different settings in particular took a little bit more finessing for me. So like where some of the portraits might be like two or three hours and like really quick um, to pencil out at least uh, the, the settings sometimes like they would, they would take like 
five or six hours to pencil yeah. out or like even up to 10 if I was looking for like a really specific. And fortunately, like in the art direction and in some of our correspondence, uh, both of you were providing me with like good like handholds and reference points for like what kind of things to reference. Um, but then it was a matter of like figuring out like what's the best size to work at to also keep this efficient um, and such. So I think on average, the pieces probably come out to like seven or eight hours, okay. but some of the actual, like some of the more involved ones um, ended up taking like 15 hours. Um, okay. And some of them would take like three from, <laughs> from pencils to final. I, I've I've found that uh, when I'm working on a piece, it's it's the ones that I just really knock through um, that you know that you know take the least amount of time that almost always turn out the best. Mm -hmm. The ones I put the least amount of effort in are almost always the best pieces, and the ones that I'm I'm absolutely in love with, and I think I've been very clever, and they they no one likes them. <laughs> That's so so that was something that I was fighting too. Like some of like I'm sure that like looking at this, it's like kind of bizarre to hear those numbers of hours, but I'm including like things that a lot of decision making and trial and error that like either of you also haven't seen because i'm like mm -hmm. okay this looks too overthought mm -hmm. to the yeah. point where like the way that the thinking is appearing on the page actually doesn't fit the visual objectives that we've outlined like this looks too precious uh because i normally have a more precious hand than this so in some ways like the way that i was trying to be precious in these images was by faking uh, <laughs> a more naive yeah, and and that that's actually really hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are, are there other questions? Yeah, I have one other question at this point. Um, uh, it's for Jason and Brennan. When in the game design process is the art brief created? Is it toward the editing phase? Is it held off into the layout phase? How early is it considered? Great question. I think in this case. Um, and and this is going to be unique to the way that you work or the way that your company works. Um, but for us, I wanted to lock this game down and be completely confident that it was going to uh, it was going to be a product that we were going to produce before we started with the art. Um, and so we did a ton of playtesting with mockups, with like real pretty straightforward art that I put together, uh, and then we got serious about putting together a brief. Is that does that sound right, Brennan? Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I think I've. Uh, I, I think I've lost my my camera. You guys can still hear me, though. Yes. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think for this that that's right for this. But for a lot of the games we do, um, I started thinking about the art and the graphic design very early on, and I, I think uh, you know uh, Jason and I are always passing art and graphic design examples back and forth in Slack. Um, you know, I'll, I'll wake up in the morning and, and Jason sent me some beautiful uh, piece of Russian constructivism or, uh, you know, like some, some you know, uh, Polish technical manual for, you know, plumbers from 1949. And I was like, you know, I, I, I feel seen. Uh, <laughs> you, are, you are seen, my friend. Yes, <laughs> too. Um, it's a beautiful relationship we have. Indeed. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, um, and, and I think probably part of the way that, that Jason works is, you know, with, with a lot of the prototyping, um, and I'm, I'm guessing uh, just from the evidence, um, but it, it probably helps your design to, to have a little bit of graphic design, a little bit of art to, to you know, kind of inspire you and, and give you that feel. Um, and I know during my my own failed attempts at game design, uh, I would always just you know go ahead and design the game while I was doing the graphic design and the art at the same time, um, because it it made it fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, certainly, yeah. I'm I'm uh, I, I'm a design thinker, so uh, often I will have things in layout that help me think about the way the game's going to work in a way that just having it in text might not. Uh, mm -hmm. which is different from designing and layout, which I try very hard not to do. But um, sometimes it makes sense to to build pages and figure out how things are going to going to flow or look uh, as inspiration for sure. Uh, in terms of art, I don't I don't know that I agree with that. Um, 
like a, art, uh, it doesn't inspire me in the design process. It certainly images do. Mm -hmm. And in a historical game, there'll be a, you know, I'll be constantly grabbing images and putting them in a, in a folder, both for my own reference. And then later on as an art reference. Um, and I wanted to ask you, Jabari, was that useful to you? I gave you a folder full of uh, images from 1888, people, hairstyles, hats, buildings. Was that, did you, did you consult that? I did, but it was actually like kind of a bridge to do more of my own research. Um, mm -hmm. So it was appreciated. Uh, fortunately, like these were periods that I was at least like decently familiar with. Uh, I have a lot of, I have a library of reference that I like, I just literally have a lot of books that I'm in the middle of packing up for another move um, <laughs> uh, that uh, include a lot of references that I was also using, but like this pointed me in the right direction for like, where should I look in these books? Uh, which artists are you looking at? Fortunately, this is also something like the markers that you were pulling from were things that I was already into. Uh, yeah. So, That's very good. Yeah. Um, hey, a technical staff, can we go back to the three person layout? Yes. Uh, yeah. Great. And it seems like there's actually a few other questions as well. Oh, well, let's answer them. No. Okay, uh, this one's for Jabari. It happens to be from Steve, Jason's partner at uh, Bully Pulpit. Uh, Jabari, uh, publishers uh, see a lot of solicitations from artists with very traditional RPG art, fantasy, <laughs> anime styles, etc., in their portfolios. Do you have advice for other artists on how to broaden their styles and offerings for games? Um, yeah. Look at a lot more things, <laughs> like like definitely breathe in a lot more influences, and like don't be closed off to that. Um, and also challenge what your notions are of of like what genre is. Um, this this gets into a little bit of like muddy detail because a lot of my history um, in in my career thus far has been working with indie pub publishers who are willing to let me like get weird. Like I think that I have a weird hand for for what people assume is role-playing game art. Um, but if if we're talking about like Bully Pulpit, who's looking for idiosyncratic approaches to the visual stylings to match the design that is equally unique, um, then I think it makes sense for people to like be really curious and like let let a lot more things wash over what they make. And and also like with with those pretty straightforward genres like challenge yourself to uh to bend those genres more toward like what they mean to you like i i do consider myself a fantasy artist and like a horror artist in a lot of ways but um i try to fold a lot of my own perspective and a lot of my own texture uh my textural obsessions uh into how i approach fantasy um and and can talk about that for hours, uh, of course. But like that that alone, I think really feels differently. Like it shows, I assume, from how both of you talk about my work. Like it shows that like I'm thinking about even those genres in in a more specific way. Um, I'm not looking at it and saying like this has to be a digital painting that's like very high gloss. Uh, often, like when I think of fantasy, I'm like how like what touches me and like what feels fantastical and like what feels a little bit startling and like fantasy is a little bit scary to me like what does it feel like to those other artists uh what feels truthful to them um and it's really hard i think to to answer that question yourself um especially if you're digesting kind of the same five things that everyone else is so so yeah, uh, expose yourself to a lot of things. Like if I'm if I'm doing a piece, for example, that's like a D and D piece, I'm probably like putting on a Peter Greenaway film in the background, or like right listening on. to like uh, like I'm listening to like the soundtrack to like some A twenty four horror film, like probably like like the In Fabric soundtrack, and thinking about like what textures from this '60s horror fit into this Arthurian like Westernized fantasy. <laughs> Do we have so. other questions? Yeah, we have one other question uh, from Jason Pitt at Genesis of Legend. Uh, how do you, I think this is for the, the, the publisher end, uh, so for Jason, 
how do you unify the artistic styles from a variety of artists in your experience? Oh, I don't. Yeah, um, I, I recognize that that's a thing that's done, but uh, I don't. I don't want. To, I don't want to do that. So, uh, in uh, in some of our games, there'll be multiple artists, but they're they're pretty sharply demarcated in in what they're illustrating. So, for example, in Night Witches, we worked with um, Rich Longworth, who did very technical illustrations of airplanes and people flying and doing stuff like that, and we worked with. Uh, Claudia Cangini to do uh, portraits of actual people. And their styles were wildly different, uh, but we didn't ask them to, to, to compromise their styles so that they blended together. We just gave them different things to do. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I think that that's the, the right answer, aesthetically, at least in my opinion. What do you think, Jabari? I think that they, I, I agree. Like, I feel like there's actually a way to get a wide stylistic variance to fit together across different artists if you're thinking from the beginning about like where each piece is going to go. Uh, what I actually see happen a lot is uh, an artist is brought on because someone's really excited about them producing a certain image, but they're not sure like where that's going to fit into the book. And yeah. this, is, this is one of those things where I feel like, you know, like layout, like just thinking about layout while you're, while you're writing um, and producing after a lot of your design is done uh, can really help your end product a lot. Uh, because you, you know, like, okay, I want, like, you can, you can make something feel really homogenous if you're like, I'm hiring this illustrator for chapter openers. I'm hiring this illustrator for all the spots that have, like, my items. Uh, I'm hiring, this is my portrait artist. This is my cover artist. This person's doing my end papers. All of those decisions look really intentional. And through that intention, that starts to feel really cohesive. That's an awesome uh, answer. For sure, and that's a, that's a great question. Uh, and honestly, I would prefer to work with a single artist if I can. If there's an artist that sort of can do the various pieces, that that coherence is important to me, and I I would prefer that. Often, that's not the case. In a game like Ghost Court, we were very lucky to get uh, Richard Sala uh, to do all of it, and it was wonderful. We have any other questions? Uh, that is all the questions that okay. I caught. Um, so I think that might be it. If you want to uh, just remind everybody yep. uh, where you can be contacted and uh, how we can get your stuff and pay you for it. That's right. We're going to, so we're going to sign off. I think um, we may have lost Brennan. I'm not no, sure. No, I'm, I'm still here. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Let me, uh, so as, uh, why don't, uh, so Jabbar, why don't you start uh, just uh, give, give a pitch for yourself. And while you do that, I'm going to just sort of cycle through some of the prototype cards from Dead House so people can see them. Go ahead. Tell us, uh, tell us about yourself. Uh, I'm Jabari Weathers. Once again, uh, you, you can find my work at goblinprincet.com. Uh, also JMW illustration leads to the same place. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at goblinprincet. Um, and feel free to shoot me an email at jmwillustration at gmail.com if you have questions about this process or working with me. Um, and yeah, otherwise, I also sell originals, part of the reason that I work traditionally. So if you're looking for that as well, uh, keep that in the back of your mind. Okay, Brennan, I'm going to keep cycling through these right. cards while you do the same thing. Okay, that's nice lettering, too. Works very oh, well with yeah. that. We should probably mention that this is all custom hand lettering by Brennan Reese. Yeah. So and who are you and what's your deal? Yeah, so I am Brennan Reese. Uh, I am a, a graphic designer and illustrator. I um art director at Bully Pulpit. You can follow me on Instagram at at Brennan Reese, uh, B-R-E-N-N-E-N-R-E-E-C-E. -E -E. um, you'll, you'll find one of the guy who's a comedian with my name. That's not me. He's much prettier than I am. Um, and, uh, you know, um, buy lots of games, uh, you know, support artists. Um, you know, we, we have uh, some some gift buying stuff uh, coming around in, a, you know, about a month or so. Buy art for people. You know, buy original art. Support people who are making cool things. Uh, buy cool games. Buy experiences. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm not selling traditional stuff. But, you know, if you want to buy some weird prints of some, uh, you know, like uh, retro beatnik jazz musician wizards or something, I've, I've got you covered. <laughs> Sure. And uh, I'm Jason Morningstar. Uh, my company is Bully Public Games. 
Uh, we're at bullypulpitgames.com. You can also find us at uh, um, itch.io or um, other big places that sell uh, role-playing games. And I would, oh, we also have a Patreon. So uh, come and support support us on Patreon where every month we have surprising and cool things that we're sharing, games, art. Brennan just did a big art retrospective of his spooky art for October. Uh, it's always a good time. So do join us on Patreon. Uh, and I think that's the end of our talk. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Jabari, for coming and Brennan. And we will talk to you later. Absolutely. Bye, Great everybody. to see you both. Bye-bye. Enjoy Utopia, everyone.